0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rocky Mountain Mason podcast. I am Ben Williams, your host, the publisher and editor-in-chief of the Rocky Mountain Mason magazine. Today I'd like to relate to you an article about the history and origin of the Order of High Priesthood. Now, I'm not sure how familiar you may be with the appendant bodies that attach to the York Rite of Freemasonry as practiced in the United States, but there exists in the chapter chapter, um, degrees, the capitular rite, which of course is the royal arch, an order of high priesthood, which is open only to past excellent high priests, or those who preside over a chapter. Now, among the several sources that I consulted in preparing this particular piece, I wish to give particular credit to frater Aker, um, and particularly his 2015 piece on the order of the Asiatic Brethren. Um, it was an very, very useful resource in preparing um, this rather, you know, obscured history. So, I'd like to begin this piece with a quote by the uh, occult writer Antoine Fevre. In the instructions of these rituals, we learn that the order is the continuation of a very ancient alchemical, theosophical, and magical tradition, transmitted over the centuries through various channels, not least the Knight Templars. Of course, today we'd say the Knight's Templar, but nonetheless... So, in the United States, mention of the Order of Anointed High Priests can be found on the historical record by an earlier name, at least as early as 1789. The minutes of St. Andrew's Royal Arch Lodge in Boston record that William McKean was anointed after the Order of Melchizedek this was apparently necessary for him to preside as royal archmaster of the so-called royal arch lodge. Now today we term the presiding officer excellent high priest, and the royal arch lodge is styled a chapter. Um, It's pertinent to note that in the United Kingdom, the excellent high priest is not the presiding officer. In fact, the king Zerubbabel presides, not Joshua. Nonetheless, in 1797, during discussions preparatory to the formation of the General Grand Chapter in 1798, attention was given to the ceremony of the order. By 1799, the General Grand Chapter had approved and standardized the ritual. The General Grand Chapter did not assume control of the order. Participation in the General Grand Chapter International is, to this day, predicated voluntarily. Thomas Smith Webb, a principal framer of the American York Rite, records the Order of High Priesthood in his Masonic Monitor, published in 1802. Thus, we know that at the turn of the 19th century, the Order of High Priesthood was being practiced in most grand chapters in the United States where masonry was present, mainly the eastern seaboard. Members are termed excellent companions. Initiation into the order is attained by written petition from a duly elected excellent high priest, In this respect, the order occupies a similar role to the degree of past master in the Masonic Lodge. However, the order of high priesthood should be understood to induct candidates into an order. It is not in fact considered a degree. Origins of the order are believed to lie amid or be preserved among the formulations of the enigmatic order of the Asiatic Brethren. The Asiatic Brethren were founded in Vienna approximately 1780 to 1781 by, among others, Baron Hans Heinrich von Ecker und Eckhoffen, The Brethren comprised an eclectic group of Masons with an interest in Rosicrucianism, practical Neoplatonism, Kabbalah, music, magic, and alchemy. Ecker was himself an ex-member of the Golden Rüsenkreuz. Although short-lived, they counted influential members on their roles, including Friedrich Wilhelm II, the future king of Prussia. Their influence extended much farther. Of significance is the Brethren's association with and incorporation of Sabbateanism, a syncretic heretical Jewish sect inspired by the apostate Sabbatai Zevi, um, 1626 to 1676, in the 17th century. Zevi pronounced himself the Messiah taught the attainment of enlightenment via unconventional means, the practice of strange acts, sexual liberality, an admixture of religious purpose, antinomianism, deliberate violation of religious laws, self-indulgence, and a magical, syncretized, kabbalistic doctrine that presaged the libertinism of much later occult movements. In 1666, to save his life at the hands of the sultan of the Ottoman Empire, Mehmed IV... Zvi notoriously converted to Islam, but rather than view this as an act of apostasy, Zvi likely saw this conversion as a holy work, an inversion performed to enjoin holiness between religious differences. This is significant because the Asiatic brethren would likewise entertain religious pluralism in an effort, perhaps, to transcend dogmatic differences and perceive the Most High God uniting them all. By smashing social moors, they hoped to transcend convention and thus perceive anew." Zwei inspired a remarkable following. By the latter 18th century, 100 years after his death, Sabbateanism was still active in parts of Europe and Asia Minor. Enter its new prophet, Jacob Frank, born 1726, died 1791. Frank innovated Zwei's teachings. Whereas Zwei had famously married the Torah in a public ceremony, for example, Frank publicly sat a woman naked under the holy canopy and placed the sacred crown upon her head. He had, therefore, made the Torah flesh in the form of a naked girl. To Zvi's blend of Lurianic Kabbalah and magic, Frank would also add significant pursuits in alchemy. It is perhaps of interest, then, that one of the founding members of the Asiatic Brethren, Moses Dobrushka, was born to a powerful Sabbatean family in Brunn, in modern-day Czech Republic. Debruska was an influential founder of the order and contributed to the authoring, or collation, of its system of degrees. Born Jewish, Debruska converted to Roman Catholicism and went by the alias Franz Thomas von Schoenfeld. De Brusca was Frank's first cousin once removed, that is, the child of Frank's cousin, Schondold de Brusca, a devout Sabatean and Frankist with whom Frank, with his considerable following, resided from 1772 to 1786. During its short-lived influence, at its founding in 1781, the Order of the Asiatic Brethren practiced three craft degrees and extended nine more, devised to contemplate Kabbalistic themes admixed in Christian, Jewish, and Muslim ceremonials, sometimes in contradictory and even offensive ways. Participation in some of the holidays observed by the brethren required the members to eat pork and milk, for example. However, the Asiatic brethren were not, strictly speaking, Sabbateans. An important early contributor to their system ensured an influx of Talmudic scholarship and Jewish mysticism into the order. A Jew by the name of Ephraim Joseph Hirschfeld, uh, born 1758, died at 1820. Hirschfeld innovated the work already begun by Debruska and infused Lurionic Kabbalistic teachings, especially into the higher degrees. Here, Hirschfeld also found transcendence over religious ceremony. And I quote But because it is in the principles of the true Kabbalistic that lies the one and only true, pure, and all embracing religion, nothing is more natural than that all kinds of religious members are coming together here in this order. It is here, for example, that the Orthodox Jew, Mahammatean, and Christian learned the sacred three-in-one as well as the true faith in the unbiased doctrine of Christ, of which the first two mustn't know and the third downrightly knows nothing. The sixth degree of the brethren system was purportedly the Order of Melchizedek, or Royal Priest, this is perhaps understandable. Melchizedek has long been arch- archetypically contemplated as a forerunner uniting the Abrahamic faiths. He received Abraham with bread and wine, a prototypical communion, and is the first person named Cohen, or priest, in the Bible. He therefore necessarily precedes Abraham and the inheritance of the nations. In this respect, at least, Melchizedek unites all religions appearing after him. Similar to their Sabbatean and Frankist forerunners, perhaps, the brethren espoused religious pluralism, or perhaps antinomianism, opening the lodge, including the craft degrees, to, and I quote, any brother irrespective of his religion, class, or system. Such practice was not well received elsewhere among the European craft, however. Eighteenth-century continental lodges, irrespective of Article I in Anderson's Constitutions, which suggests religious tolerance, still preferred a wholly Christian identity. Jews were excluded from most craft lodges in Europe at this time. Thus, the Brethren system was rejected at the Wilhelmsbad Masonic Convention in 1782 ostensibly due to the admission of non-Christians. However, the order's attachment to magical subject matter, alchemy, and antinomianism, stemming from Sabbatean influences, which included sexual liberality and polyamory, among other unconventional practices, likely did not help. This order has spread from Italy to Russia already. The ruling heads of this order were unknown still at 1788. However, it is not unlikely that the Baron von Ecker und Eckhoffen is one of them. They refer to masonry as their basis. They even call it the nursery or pranzschule of their entire system. The gatherings they call Melchizedek lodges and offer their services to include Jews, Turks, Persians and Armenians. The order aims to be a fraternal association of all righteous and currently separated human children. The order's teachings are partly moral, which means one is taught how to govern the spirits by breaking the seven seals, and partly physical, which means one is taught how to produce miracle cures, Wunder aneisen, forgive my German here, and how to create gold. The order expects blind faith and blind obedience. Its regulations are the true teachings of the sons of Leola. That's the Asiatic Bruder by August Sigrid von Gru, 1805, cited by Frater Eker in his Order of the Asiatic Brethren. Although the Asiatic Brethren petered out of existence in the early part of the 19th century, the Order of High Priesthood spread across Europe, England, Scotland, and Ireland, and made its way to the United States within a decade of the Order's emergence. Thus the order of high priesthood as conferred today is most likely a remnant of an older, syncretizing system of so-called high-grade masonry emergent in the 18th century milieu, with all the trappings of Rosicrucianism, the teachings of Burma, Neoplatonism, Kabbalah, and a distillation of philosophical and mystical principles that unites them all. I'm going to end with a quote also from Antoine Favre. After Eckhart und Eckenhofen's death in 1790, the Asiatic Brethren only maintained itself in an apparently limited number of lodges, but they were spread all over Europe throughout the First Empire. This survival was due in part to the never-weakening efforts of Hirschfeld and in Scandinavia to the tenacity of Carl A. A. Bowman. Furthermore, its discreet but enduring presence is documented well into the 20th century in a variety of similar systems who took their inspiration from it the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn in England, Francesco Bruninelli's Arcana Arcanarum, Arcanorum, excuse me, in Italy, and even Theodore original Ordo Templi Orientis. These ideas were all more or less inspired by the Asiatic brethren. Brethren, thank you for listening this far. I uh, would like to uh, again thank Freda Aker for his uh, translations of some German sections, which I did cite in this particular podcast. Um, if you like this and other material, please do subscribe to the Rocky Mountain Mason magazine, www.rockymountainmason.com. And if you're interested in actually this particular piece, which we prepared as a primer to provide to candidates going through the Order of High Priesthood and with additional material regarding the receipt of the letter Hey into the name Ibrahim to make Abraham, um, please visit laughinglion.net. Until next time, take care and Godspeed.